0: Hello, my name is Rick Pearson. Welcome to Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. We've learned in past weeks how the Judeo-Christian faith influenced the founding fathers and the structure of American culture. But what happens when a secular humanist culture starts influencing the Judeo-Christian faith within America? Stay tuned you don't want to miss today's teaching. Welcome back to Prophecy USA. In previous programs, we outlined 18 descriptions of Babylon the Great, and so far the United States of America meets every description. Her founding upon Judeo-Christian principles has made her a providential nation. Her covenant with God has manifested through her wealth, her military, her global influence around the world, and she has become a lady of kingdoms, exactly as Isaiah and John described her. The fact that most providential nations described in Revelation 17 were symbolized by animals, with the seventh nation described as a woman, led us to believe at Prophecy USA that America could be the seventh nation who polices the world before the eighth and final kingdom arrives. However, that lady of kingdoms who brought liberty to all, is suddenly described in Revelation 17 as a mother of prostitutes who commits fornication and merchandises it to the kings of the earth. Now, the Greek word fornication is pornea, where we get pornography from. And since Hollywood is the number one producer and distributor of pornographic films worldwide, producing one movie every 37 minutes, we came to the conclusion that America meets the 19th description of Babylon the Great, the mother of Porneia. Now, at this point in Babylon's description, a spiritual transformation takes place when the angel declares to John, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. Unfortunately, instead of the church influencing Babylon's moral depravity, Babylon's moral depravity influences the church even to the point that believers fall away from following God's Word. Jesus warns us of that falling away and group believers into seven categories that He called the churches. Listen carefully to this brief narration and see if you can determine what church you belong to.
1: Jesus warns us in Scripture that there will be an apostasia, or spiritual falling away, that will affect believers immediately before a great tribulation comes upon the earth. Historically, that falling away began in several churches during the time the book of Revelation was written. Jesus warns His followers of several types of sins that would seduce His church and lead them astray. Although those believers of yesteryear have passed away, the sins and the spirits they were wrestling with still exist. It is the sin that Jesus is addressing in these passages. These historical churches fall under the theological tool known as typology. Typology is a description or type of believer, then and there, exegesis, which represents what believers in the last days will look like in the here and now. In his admonition to the seven churches, Jesus says, I know your works. He is speaking to practicing Christians who are working in the churches. And he warns us today, just as he warned them 2,000 years ago, to let him who has ears hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. The first believers he addressed lived in Ephesus, as it says in Revelation 2. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember from where you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. These believers have fallen from their first love for God. Jesus said in the Gospels, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Believers in Ephesus needed to restore their love for God, but especially their love for others. A close resemblance of believers in Ephesus are those in Sardis. Jesus speaks to the second church in Sardis in Revelation 3. He says, I know thy works, You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Repent, if you will not wake up. I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. The Apostle James, Jesus' brother, provides a solution for these believers. In James chapter 1, he says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not hearer but a doer, he will be blessed in his doing. Doers of the word were found in the next church called Smyrna. However, there was a price they paid in serving God. Jesus said to Smyrna, Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. These are the first three of the seven churches that Jesus addressed.
0: Our narrator has just shown us in no uncertain terms that in the last days, the spiritual practices of believers as a whole is in a fallen state. Instead of the church influencing society with the word of God, it appears that society has influenced the church and there is a falling away or an apostasia within the church. Now, although the modern day church does not exclusively live in Babylon the Great, it is apparent in scripture that there are a large number of believers living in her before she's judged. Isaiah 47 states, For I have filled thee with men as with caterpillars, O Babylon. So raise up a shout against her. Revelation 18 warns the believers, Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins. Did you know that the largest number of Christians in the world today is found in the United States of America? The description of the first three churches can easily be identified within the confines of Babylon the Great. Within the last two decades, political pundits recognize the intense political differences within America and have coined the phrase culture wars. Now, the Bible does not mention the term culture wars. It does, however, discuss two distinct spiritual kingdoms battling on earth each kingdom opposing one another based exclusively on the acceptance or the rejection of God's Word. They are God's kingdom of light and knowledge and Satan's kingdom of darkness and ignorance. Most non-believers, or what we call atheists or secular humanists, give no regard whatsoever towards that Word of God as it's insignificant to them or to their world view. Believers, however, are mandated within Scripture to base their whole world view on the biblical moral protocol of Judeo-Christian doctrine. The biblical world view, however, is only held by a remnant of believers in the last days. We'll discover in coming programs that five out of seven churches Jesus described are corrupted by sin and told to return back to the word which of course should be the first love of all believers. Now it's interesting to note that at one point in describing the believers of Smyrna scripture references the synagogue of Satan who persecutes them. Revelation 2 9 says I know thy works and thy tribulation and poverty and I know the blasphemy of them that are, are of the synagogue of Satan. Now, that word synagogue in Greek means a house of assembly or a gathering place. Assembly pertains to religious houses of assembly, political houses of assembly, or even social activist houses of assembly. Wherever people assemble and can gather a group think or common ideology, is considered a synagogue. This of course happens in all religious or political parties who are like-minded and have common values. However, when an assembly is influenced by a satanic inspiration, it will always oppose biblical principles and defy biblical morality. The fruits of that ideology will sometimes manifest in violence, bigotry, hatred, an outright rebellion against biblical protocol. Hence, it becomes a synagogue of Satan, which means adversaries. This is very important in searching for Babylon the Great's identity because Revelation 18.2 says, Fallen, fallen has Babylon become, and she has become the habitation of every foul and unclean spirit and a hold of every hateful bird. Now, Satan's ideology or groupthink always opposes the authority of God's Word, and especially those who follow it. That is why this ideology is likened unto the apostasia. It will always oppose and hate Jews and Christians who are attempting to follow that biblical protocol. Now, the Bible says that Satan continually opposes the authority of the Word, as well as believers who are trying to follow that word. Whenever a group of people, whether religious, activists, or political parties assemble to oppose God's word, they literally become a synagogue of Satan. Now, the believers of Smyrna, unfortunately, suffers great persecution from synagogues of Satan. Jesus said the devil comes for to kill to steal and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Recently, my wife and I traveled to Poland and toured several Nazi death camps. Our guide for the trip was Holocaust survivor Irving Roth. Irving shared with us how he and his family suffered in the death camps of Auschwitz, and will never forget the day when the Nazi guards, for some reason, were nowhere to be found. Suddenly the door of his barracks was kicked open and two American soldiers walked in, one white and one black, and they said, you are free. However, something Irving shared with us was much more alarming than the death camps. He said that once Hitler and the Nazi Socialist Party gained power through the election process, the first thing they did was enforce a national BDS movement on all Jewish businesses. In fact, he said it was exactly then what some nations and activists are trying to enforce now against Israel. Something is happening in the spirit realm around the world. Bible prophecy predicted it, and we are watching its fulfillment through every form of media outlet around the world. The synagogue of Satan is rising up, and the demons who controlled Hitler are about to make another appearance in the history of planet Earth. But what about America? What is happening in this nation that would reflect fulfillment of her role in Bible prophecy? We'll discuss that right after this message, so stay tuned.
1: In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, for He raises up kingdoms and He deposes kingdoms. But what about America? The most prolific nation in the history of mankind, the most productive nation to ever exist, the most powerful military that has ever been created with the most advanced technology known to man. Circling the globe, monitoring the airwaves, dominating the internet, not since man's first breath has any nation achieved such greatness. But is this lady of kingdoms in the Bible? have past generations foretold of her existence. Prophecy USA is proud to present their latest study guide providing over 50 biblical references describing the past, the present, and the future of this great nation. Joining the dots that unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. To order your copy of the Prophecy USA study guide, call 1-888-306-1759 or go to prophecyusa.org. Call today.
0: Welcome back to Prophecy USA. We just learned that Christians worldwide are the most persecuted group on the earth, fulfilling what Jesus warned concerning the believers of Smyrna. However, Jesus encouraged these believers not to fear death, but to be faithful unto death. You know, Psalms 116 verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. In Revelation 12.9 Jesus explains that since Satan was cast out of heaven, he's deceived the world and he continually walks about as the accuser of the brethren, who accuses them before God both day and night. But what about America? How does the church of Ephesus, who lost their first love to God, or Sardis, accused of dead works, or Smyrna, those who are persecuted, relate to us who live in America? Since America has the largest Christian population in the world, certainly these verses must apply to us and confirms the 19th description of Babylon the Great. She is a nation that has a large amount of Christians within her. As you recall, Isaiah 47 states, For I have filled thee, O Babylon, with men as with caterpillars. So raise up a shout against her. And Revelation 18 warns the believers, Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins. Today in North America, Christians have not yet experienced physical persecution but we are experiencing verbal accusations by vast numbers of people assembled in opposition to Judeo-Christian values. If you stand up for traditional marriage, you'll be accused of being homophobic. If you stand up against Muslim terrorism, you'll be accused of being Islamophobic. You know, the definition of phobia is a fear of something. Just because you don't agree with a person's religion or sexual orientation does not make you afraid of them or even hate them. But if you stand up for life of the unborn, they will accuse you of having a war on women. If you stand up for capitalism, you'll be accused of being greedy and a one percenter. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, you will definitely be accused of being non-inclusive, and narrow-minded. Jesus said in Revelation 12:10 that Satan was the accuser of the brethren who accuses them night and day before our God. Romans 1 tells us what a society looks like that refuses to acknowledge God. Romans 1:21 reads, "Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations" and their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, deceit, debate, malignity, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, without understanding, and covenant breakers. There are two major political parties or assemblies of people in the United States of America, Republicans and Democrats. According to Horowitz, in his book Dark Agenda, in September 2012, a major revision almost took place at the Democratic National Convention, whose platform promises faith and family, duty and service, individual freedom, and a common purpose to build one nation under God. The platform was changed to omit the phrase, one nation under God. Progressive secular humanists had decided it was time to omit the word God from their democratic platform. Now, although that vote was rescinded by some non-progressive members, progressive members loudly booed at the announcement that they had to retain God in their platform. In 2012, the Democratic Party almost became a godless assembly. And those changes are still being fought for today. So what does that have to do with Bible prophecy? Stay tuned as we unveil yet another mystery concerning America's role in Bible prophecy.
1: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, for he raises up kingdoms and he deposes kingdoms. But what about America? The most prolific nation in the history of mankind, the most productive nation to ever exist, the most powerful military that has ever been created, with the most advanced technology known to man circling the globe, monitoring the airwaves, dominating the internet, not since man's first breath has any nation achieved such greatness. But is this Lady of Kingdoms in the Bible? Have past generations foretold of her existence? Prophecy USA is proud to present their latest study guide providing over 50 biblical references describing the past, the present, and the future of this great nation. Joining the dots that unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. To order your copy of the Prophecy USA Study Guide, call 1-888-306-1759 or go to prophecyusa.org. Call today.
0: Welcome back to Prophecy USA. My name is Rick Pearson, and we've been discussing the political and current cultural differences within America and society and how it relates to Bible prophecy. In shows past, we've counted over 21 descriptions of a futuristic nation called Babylon the Great and shown you in detail how America meets every description. In our narration, we also explain the theological tool called typology. Now typology is like when history of the past repeats itself in the future. In other words, what happened then and there repeats itself and it happens here and now. We even use the example of Adolf Hitler and how he used the BDS to sanction Jews, and that same agenda is happening now in real time. However, Scripture goes much further back than just a mere 70 years ago. In 580 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar ruled historical Babylon, which is a typology nation that will reflect the same characteristics as latter-day Babylon the Great, found in the book of Revelation. And according to scripture, God raised up historical Babylon and made her great just as the word prophesies, He will raise up Latter-day Babylon and make her great. Both are providential nations. However, both nations will fall for the same reason. Now we've already learned that Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream and told him that God has raised Babylon up as a providential nation. However, Shortly after that, Nebuchadnezzar forgot about what God had done and decided to build his own God. He actually said, If you do not bow your knee to my God, you will be thrown into a burning fiery furnace. It was at this time that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow to Nebuchadnezzar's golden image. And Nebuchadnezzar threw them into the fire, and miraculously, the three Hebrew boys were delivered by a fourth man who appeared in the flames. The Bible says the fourth man had an image as of the Son of God. Everyone was astonished at the miracle, and Nebuchadnezzar publicly confessed in Daniel 2.46, Truly, your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. For his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion endures from generation to generation. Now, although Nebuchadnezzar at one point in his life acknowledged God, there was a turning point in his life when he totally disregarded God as he looked over his great nation and said in Daniel chapter 4, verse 30, Is not this great Babylon which I have built? By my mighty power, as a royal residence, and for the glory of my majesty. Just as Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind, so does a certain section of society within Babylon the Great. They are literally driven to achieve their godless agenda at any cost to others or to themselves. In any type of warfare, you have intelligence and counterintelligence. This is also the case for spiritual warfare. 2,000 years ago, when an unhinged crowd screamed, crucify Him, crucify Him, everyone knew that Jesus Christ had done nothing wrong. However, the wisdom and the intelligence of God was amazingly discerning. In 2 Corinthians 2.7, Paul said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. Which none of the princes of the world knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, there were no princes at the crucifixion. However, in the spirit realm that surrounds us, there were principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness that worked through the assemblies of people who had gathered. And ironically, God knew exactly and prophesied exactly what the free will of some men would do when they rejected His Son. In the process, however, the spirits manipulating those men were putting a noose around their own necks. Without a crucifixion, there could be no resurrection. Without the shedding of blood, there could be no redemption for sin. Without the price of one's paying in death, There could be no forgiveness of sins, and there could not be eternal life given to those who believe. Those who oppose and reject the godly heritage and covenant of Babylon the Great are doomed to fulfill the very words of a God that they think does not exist. Isaiah 47 says, I have given my people into thine hands, O Babylon, and you have showed them no mercy. Upon the Ancient One have you heavily laid your own yoke. God has prophesied specific outcome for Babylon the Great. But He also has a very special plan for those who serve Him. Remember, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And He never fails to fulfill His promises. Something very, very good is about to happen to those who trust in His Word. A day is soon coming when multiple prophecies will be fulfilled in rapid succession. And the miracle of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will pale in comparison. But unfortunately, we're out of time. You don't want to miss next week's teaching. It will leave you speechless as we unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. This is Bible Prophecy USA. My name is Rick Pearson reminding you that Jesus Christ is alive and he's coming back much sooner than you may think. See you next week. Shalom.